Hello, and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from DeLille Cellars here in the heart of downtown Woodenville wine country. Woodenville. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and joining us today, our co-host, Jason Rendon of Seattle Wine Exchange. Hello in this crazy world today. Mr. Dual Fisher of Scene and Team Photogenic. Hey. We have special guest hosts, both Greg and Stacey Lill. Hi, everybody. Hey everybody. We have Miyumi from Make It a Great Date. Hello. And then we also have our other co-host, um, Valari, which is Jason's better half. Hello. And my husband, who thinks he's going to walk away from the mic, Mr. Brett Kaufman. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Today's um, live show is brought to you by DeLille Sellers and Make It a Great Date with Seen and Heard Live. We're streaming today um, at Seen and Heard Live, and I'm not quite sure, Dua, where people would find that. Could you tell them real quick where they would go to find the show um, if they're listening? And www.teamphotogenic.com. Fantastic. Streaming live there right now. And you can also go to live stream and look up uh, Seen, Seen, right? So it'll show, it'll show up for later on when everybody... I'm asking Josh, our guy over here. <laughs> He's like, where is it going to be? <laughs> yes. And I know it's at teambutajank.com. Fantastic. Okay. Um, today we're chatting long-term relationships, and of course we're going to be covering socially savvy, acceptable, unacceptable, and socially savvy hints. So how is everybody now that I have done my freak out in trying to get everything we're running good. properly? Drinking wine. I mean, what can be worse? I would say that's the nice thing about doing a show in a winery, um, particularly one that has as fantastic a wine as you guys do. Um, it seems to make everything better. Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay, with us today here, we are going to start off our first beverage. I know that we're going to be tasting four different wines. And Greg, did you want to tell us a little bit about the first wine that we get to be sampling tonight? Yeah, we're going to be trying the uh, Chaleur State Blanc. This is the uh, 2011 uh, vintage that uh, came out a few months back. Uh, Chaleur State Blanc is a mixture of Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon, kind of made in the classic white Bordeaux style. A uh, fair amount of new French oak, uh, malolactic fermentation, stirred surly, which means that the, the yeast cells that are in the wine is getting stirred up in the wine <laughs> to give it that yummy, creamy finish. Top 100 wine, uh, two years in a row, Wine Enthusiast Magazine. So Perfect. very popular wine, a very a very different, unique style. If you like Sauvignon Blanc and you like that grassy style, this is not that grassy style. This is more like uh, Chardonnay with more fruit and acid. Oh, that's really pretty. Thank you. Well, and I'm drinking it today in one of our sponsors. It's called um, Caloric Cuvier Wine Glasses. What I love about this is if you're a Weight Watchers person, it tells you two ounces, four ounces, six, eight, ten. And on ten, it says, who cares? So I'm going to go for 10 today because I don't care. <laughs> I love it. I do, as, and you guys have heard me say this several times, particularly in your winery. Um, I'm not a big fan of white wines, but for some reason I can always seem to really enjoy your wines. And I think that seems to be more indicative of Washington wines than it does some of the other area wines. And I don't know if it's because it's unique to our area or it's just the, that we take untraditional methods to make our white wines here. I think it's a little bit unique to our area just because a lot of people don't realize where we grow our grapes in eastern Washington. Um, it is warmer, drier, sunnier, and a longer growing season than Napa Valley. Um, okay. We have very little rain in eastern Washington, and rain is not uh, a friend of grapes as you're growing them as they're uh, coming closer to maturity. So it's a really, a, a, as they call it, a perfect climate for wine, a great place to uh, grow uh, great grapes and make great wine. And again, this is a 
you know, $35 bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. So we're, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Exactly been on the, 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 the cheap side to make. <laughs> one of the things, too, is being over in eastern Washington, it's really warm during the day, and then at night it's cool, so it has a natural acidity that's a part of Washington wines, which makes them really spectacular. So that must be why I like Washington White. <laughs> okay, so socially savvy. Today we're talking about um, long-term relationships. Uh, we do this show once to twice a year because those of us who are sitting here, we have all been in long-term relationships. Some of us are second time around. Some of us are first time. I know Greg and Stacy, you guys are on your second round. And we're at 11 years? <laughs> yes, 11, 11 years. years. <laughs> okay. Why is everyone laughing at me? <laughs> no, it's funny because I'll say to someone, well, my first husband, and Greg's my, very misleading, isn't it? He's my second and will be my last. Oh, see? Yes. And I think some of that comes, you know, we're going to be talking about, and I'm just going to apologize up front because I know a lot of times when you're talking about long-term relationships, you bring up things that when you have a relationship that didn't work out the first time, there's all those questions, could I have done something different, you know, what would have made it work, what wouldn't have made it work, and to begin with this, with a long-term relationship, both people have to be in it to win it. They have to be in it for the long term, and they have to be able to evolve and change together, and if, as soon as you get one partner who's not, there's no amount of any kind of work that is going to pull that together, so... I'm sure that you guys will definitely keep it together because you guys work together. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> we have Jason and Valari, who, again, are on number two. And um, you guys have been together for 10 or 11 years? Yeah, it'll be uh, 10 years, September 12th. Wow, okay. So you guys are the same month that we got. And then my husband and I here have uh, been together together for 27 and married for 23 and he's not killed me. And this is, if you could see, this is the look of silence <laughs> that comes about in a long-term relationship. Um, yes, dear, yes. Uh, Mayumi would make it a great date. I had invited you to come in because I feel like um, you, you've created this brand-new venture and getting people together for the first time and, and helping people to meet. You're also in this adventure. You've also become engaged. Um, and the the... The path that you've chosen to take, I think, is going to be really helpful, not just in people who are starting out in relationships, but people who are looking to maintain those relationships or get them jump-started again. Because I think a lot of times, like a, a vehicle, if you don't do the maintenance program, you're going to find yourself dead on the side of the road. Very and you true. have two choices to either fix it or to walk away from it. And I know that our our current culture teaches us it's okay to just walk away from it. Um, so I want you to tell us a little bit about what you're doing and that the Meyer and Briggs assessment because I think that that's going to be a great component for couples who've been together for a long time and they're trying to look to reconnect to kind of give them a, a starting point on a map. Absolutely. And I feel like, um, thank you for having me on the show, but I do feel like I'm reborn. So with my rebirth of my um, new life, um, my fiancé and I started a business, Make It a Great Date. It's personalized matchmaking inspired by true love. So we have three avenues of how you can find your true love through our services online. We have mixed-up events, which are um, VIP events where we invite people to come and socialize in a small, um, intimate setting. And then we also have the personalized matchmaking. So I'm going to tell a quick story, really short, to kind of preface why we decided to become certified Myers and Briggs facilitators. So imagine yourself in a glitzy ballroom where single men and women, they primp and prance in hopes of finding their true love. 
concealing their um, real personalities behind psychological masks, and partygoers um, position themselves to make the best impression possible. So we're at a masquerade. Who knows? The next person they meet could be their long-awaited soulmate, their future husband or wife. As the band heats up, so do the masqueraders. They jump from mask to mask in search of true love and romance. Finally, it happens. Love at first disguised. A masked man and a masked woman fall in love with the image each is presenting, perfection, bliss, and happiness. But then the inevitable happens. The ball ends, the masks come off, now the masqueraders discover what their mate's personality really is like. So their personalities could be something that you like or dislike. But what we found through the Myers and Briggs is that becoming facilitators and really understanding and helping men and women find out what their true inborn preferences are is how we can understand ourselves and are better equipped to understanding our partner. Um, by knowing this, we are able to learn how to acknowledge our partner's strengths and see the potential blind spots that might occur. And by knowing this, we can actually address the issues ahead of time so that we can have and resolve the issue. And so what I'm finding is that with the Myers and Briggs assessment, it's allowing partners to really understand themselves and what their inborn preferences and understanding what they're willing to flex on and how to flex, as well as what they're willing to not flex on, but then their partner is willing to, to come and meet them halfway. And so it's really understanding yourself first which is how we were born. Myers and Briggs believes that everyone's born with an inborn preference. And then once we identify and understand that, we're able to be a magnificent partner for our spouse, our soulmate, our true love, and then for ourselves as well. That's interesting because um, it's funny. You and I had had a chance to really talk about this, and I know that I'm really looking forward to taking this, to, to finding yep. out where I'm at. Um, but one of the things that I've been confronted with, um, my husband and I have been like counselors to numerous couples over our lifetime, and a lot of times I hear, well, I just fell out of love with them. Well, we don't have anything in common. And to me, that is probably one of the most propagated myths out there I agree because um, when you fall in love with somebody you are so hyper aware of every nuance every hair on their head every nuance of their personality their attitudes what they like what they don't like the silly little things and you're like oh that doesn't matter you know they're squeezing the toothpaste in the middle of it and they're leaving it on the side absolutely and, um, you're so hyper aware of all those different things that to say that love is blind it's not it's actually hyper acute Absolutely. What what my husband has always been so great at talking about in it is love is an action. And so as life goes on and we start um, getting comfortable and we've gotten used to all the things that we love about these people, then those little things that we're not so fond of start to creep in and we start to change our attention and focus more on those things that are bothering us. And they keep piling up and piling up and we forget to refocus back on the things that we really love about them. Exactly. And you see relationship after relationship fall apart. And then what I find interesting is how you see some of these relationships circle back 10, 20, 30 years right. later. Right. Because they realize that, you know, in the whole scope of things, I could have done this differently. I could have done that differently. So um, 
I find it interesting that, that it sounds like this will kind of help make some of that more aware. Right. It's like the masquerade. We have to get back to the unveiling of the mask and why you truly were drawn to that person. And I think I was married for 15 years. I'm on my second. And, um, and I, I feel, and I'm going to be honest, and if my husband, ex-husband hears it, you know, after I had children and really got involved in their lives, Quite honestly, I, I probably didn't focus as much attention on him. And that's yeah, the number one thing I hear about men. And so what's, what men say about their relationships, I don't think people fall out of love. I think that the people truly, genuinely still love each other. I think that we just do not understand our inborn preferences, and we, don't, and, and we get blindsided. We don't know how to communicate spots. that anymore. Yep. Jason, you look like you have something to say. I think some of it is <clears throat> part of it. It's not... I'd equate that to not to say fall out of love, but kind of you grow towards different directions. I know in my previous marriage, um, she wanted me to be somebody else that I wasn't, and it took a little bit of self-interest to sit there and say, you know, I was pleasing her. I think I was more in love with her than she was with me. And I think in couples, when you're like, you get together because of a child, you get together because of apartment, you get together because of the car. It's sad to say, but some people are together because of whatever. And in my personal opinion, I think a lot of it is when you're younger, you have a certain expectation of what you want and what society says you should be, you know. Absolutely. What it's supposed to look like. Yeah, and I've seen that so many times. Oh, we're getting married. We have a great marriage. Ooh, it's so pretty. He's so nice. I was like, well, what about when he farts in bed? Oh, he wouldn't do that. It's like, I hate saying that, that that's, like, that's trivial to maybe us married folks. They're like, whatever. But to younger couples who are just married, they're like, he farted in bed. Mary, do you, you know, and they talk to their friends. When I have a problem, you know who I talk to? I Your talk partner. to her. Yep, that's you the know, way it should be. It's hard. Sometimes she talks to me. She said, you know what she did the other night? That's not cool. And it's embarrassing to me. And I'm like, you know, you're right. I, I, I fucked up, you know. And that's important in a relationship. Sorry, you got to be honest talking. And I know a little bit later I'm going to ask LB what hallway sex means. So keep that in mind. <laughs> I okay, agree. so one of the <laughs> um, when I was doing some of my research, you know, because obviously when you've been in a long-term relationship, you have your experiences, but then you're always trying in, in maintaining a long-term relationship. You're always looking for new information. Um, yeah, and it says in yes. your relationship with yourself and addressing. Anthony Robbins had an interesting quote that I happen to come across. It says, some of the biggest challenges in relationships come from the fact that most people enter a relationship in order to get something. They're trying to find someone who's going to make them feel better. In reality, the only way a relationship will last is if you see a relationship as a place that you go to give and not a place that you go to take. Amen. And thinking about that, you know, again, my husband, I talk a lot. My husband's probably more effective at communicating and pushing me. He's, a, he's the one person that I will, like, shut down from, and he's really good at pushing me to communicate and talk about things mm-hmm. and get me to think about, okay, what is it that I really feel about this? Because I know I think a lot of times when you're in a relationship, yeah, he's the person I'm the closest to in this entire world, but there are things that I'm either afraid to say to him because I don't want to hurt his feelings, but at that same point, you can't be afraid because then you don't communicate and then they don't know what to do. Right. Like you're yeah. saying, if you don't know you, how can they know you? Exactly. Exactly. So, yes. Um, one of the other little notes I said here was relationships take work like your body breathing. It labors for every breath. A relationship needs work every minute of every day. And, again, I think we have a tendency to kind of forget that. I mean, I know Greg and Stacy, you guys work together day in and day out and talk about 
laboring to breathe. I mean. <laughs> we are around each other um, probably more than most couples are in any given day, week, month, year. But we make it work. Hour, <laughs> minute. We, um, we do make it work. Yeah. Even today we, had our, we have a meeting every Monday at 4 o'clock just to go over our schedules, what's going on, who's going where, where we're going, what we're doing. You know, so we've kind of tried to stay coordinated. So we, we try to avoid miscommunication. It's not our only get-together of the week, but it's one that's very uh, absolutely planned. But we are on the phone talking to each other multiple times during the day um, just to keep uh, make sure we're on top of things together because we work on a lot of things together. We get a lot of a lot of working on some upcoming auctions and things like that and just things of where our wines are going to be, where where is Dillil wine going to be and where are we going to be at some events, supporting them, coming up, um, what do we choose to do. There's a big auction coming up this summer that's out of town, and we were having a discussion about if it's strategically the right place for us to be this year. And so there's we, we're we together a lot, yes. Well, and having come from, you know, there's a large percentage of, of relationships now that I, I talk there about term relationships. So you have a, a, a relationship where the term of it was uh, you had children together. And then that term of your life is over and you move on to a second relationship. I think it's just as important to realize that, to look at your personality and figure out, are you are you looking for a, a full life partner? And are you ready for the changes that come along with that full life partner? Um, or are you looking for different partners for different aspects of your life? Uh, and I, that's not something or a dialogue that anybody ever really talks about. And I think it probably should be one. Um, I know we've we've raised our boys. My husband and I have three boys, and we've raised them. Wait until you're older. And it wasn't because I, I met him when I was 15. So not only did we grow together, we grew up together. You know, we went through the 20s together. We went through. He's looking at me funny. I can see you in the mirror. <laughs> um, and, and trying to grow into yourself as a person. You know, we're in our 40s now. Talk about midlife crisis. It's like 27 years with the same person. It's like, haven't you got this figured out yet? I'm having a meltdown now. Just let me. You know, it, there are so many things that relationships have that make it difficult that every little nuance of something that you add on to that, you have to kind of counteract. And I think you made a really good point with being in business together. You're in constant communication, always talking, always texting, always trying to make sure that you're on the same page. Well, it still goes that way even now that we work so much together, but we have, you know, daughters that are 21 and 24. And so you learn along the way, even though we're second marriages, and I've been around those girls for 11 years and been very, very involved in their lives, um, we learn how to make it all work. And they may be the older ones out on her own, the younger ones in college, but she's going to be back this summer. And um, she's studying abroad right now. So there's still – you think that they're gone, but they're not because yeah. there's still a lot of things that they need. And kids today are – you know, it's harder for them to get out on their own. It's harder for them to – uh, move on out into the big world once they're done with college. So it's it's just kind of a never-ending um, source of challenge where we just we're learning new things every day about how to make our relationship better, how to make our business world better, how to work better together, you know, as a couple. And you just have to keep going. And there are days where there's meltdowns, but you know, you just get up and get going. Well, and, I, and it's funny because me and I are looking at each other's notes, and she's, you know, pointed thing, and I'm like, oh, there it is in my notes too. Um, one of the things that she she noted is, is date your mate, and um, I put dressing for a date with your spouse. 
I think one of the things that we have a tendency to, again, in a long-term relationship, we start to back off and be a little bit more casual in our approach. We think, oh, they, you know, we don't need to put our best foot forward. And, and this isn't just indicative of relationships. Unfortunately, I think it's indicative of our entire culture and that you, you see people going to church in more casual clothes. You see them going to operas in sweats and, and stuff. You, you see an overall, um, thought process of it's okay instead of going, no, I'm going to put my best foot foot forward. So um, after our children were born, I found myself, you know, of course, a lot of moms, you're sleep deprived and you're trying to just get through the day, make sure the kids are fed. Nobody's dead when the husband comes home at the end of the day. But I was really, I felt really fortunate because there was a couple of women who came into my life when the kids were still younger and smaller, and they're like, um, you need to dress up. You need to get looking nice for your husband when he gets home. And so I started out with little things like lipstick, you know, putting on a little bit of lipstick or um, just making sure I had a nice pair of jeans on and a nice shirt. He didn't need to come in seeing me in sweats. Um, and then still step it up into things like get back into dating. You need to be dating your spouse, your significant other. You need to be taking them out on the town and looking your best for them because they fell in love with you because of the things that they see and hear in you and appreciate. And Share that. Should not be Women should not be afraid to um, set up a date for their partner, their spouse, because we can do that too, and, and, and they like that. Yeah, my husband could tell you a few things that he wishes I was a little bit more – I don't know what being as Be careful out, there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's looking at me like, but no, I mean, no, he oh he'll keep a G rated. But um, I mean, you worked our whole life together, and I just recently went back to work. What were some of the things that, when I started shifting back over, that made the biggest difference to you? Oh great! <laughs> Thanks, Jewel. Um. I'm a little dyslexic, so ask that question again. <laughs> Think that when when we started reconnecting again after the when going through the whole parenting phase and and trying to step in that next part of life, things that I was doing that started to really make a difference that I had been lackadaisical about before. Like making meals. Well, I've always been lackadaisical. <laughs> <laughs> Jill's gonna love this. Can you do you know how to make a meal? Yeah. Okay. He's very good at it. He's and I do dishes, and I do laundry, and I vacuum, and. I, I guess I guess the big the big I don't know if I fully understand the question, but <laughs> yeah, the, 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 this last go around with her going back to work, you know, we I worked hard. My goal was let me just start. My goal was, um, and this is where I keep telling LB when she wants me to do this, the, the world isn't ready for guys like me and Greg who know what a hundred hour week is and we know how to work and do things. And I look at a lot of these young guys today and. And I just am, in, I'm speechless. There's, there's nothing I can say to, to help the 30 and unders. There's nothing as a, as a working male that's owned multiple companies that I can say to help them. And it's when you, the biggest thing that I see that, like with LB coming into this whole show and doing this, you know, it was a very expensive hobby for a long time. And, and yeah, it's true. And I basically basically did what I could to support her through the endeavor, knowing that she'd you know, been a stay-at-home mom for 12, 13 years and raised kids and they're in college and, you know, and so 
I think the, the, the biggest thing that I do is I try to pick up the slack where I know that she's in that learning curve and, and working hard. You know, she does 70 hours a week. And, um, and I try to do the things that most guys wouldn't do. Uh, you know, like you're saying, you know, you and I have talked, Jason, where we do the little things. And, and I try to get her to communicate because I know I have more energy and, 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 and sometimes more flexibility in what I do. But the biggest thing is just watching her grow. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I could go on and on about all the little things, but it's just the change in, in how we, we've changed is supporting and communication. Like LB was saying earlier, I force her to communicate. Because I, I run, you know, multiple crews, multiple people, and multiple businesses, and, and communication is number one. And if you don't like it, say something. If you don't say something, then, then suffer the consequences. I was going to say, you know, Valari helps me in my early stages of it being a hobby. She's like, is it a hobby or are you selling wine? What are you doing? And she's my enabler. You know, she really is, you know. But on the back end, I support her in her job and what she does, you know. And her endeavors was going forward, you know, our puppy and our and everything else. And I think Brett says, you know, we said the right thing. You have to blindly support and really wish for the best. There's a lot of couples who, who don't do that. I see this a lot where their best friend is not their spouse. It's their other friend. And I think that's wrong. If I have a problem, I want to go to my wife and say, hey, you know, I have this thing I'm going to talk about. And sometimes she'll go, why you, what? And then sometimes she'll go, so sympathize. But at the same time, you know, like us, we're like, I'll listen to you once. Great. I'll try to help you. Second time, okay, now what are you going to do? Third time, okay, you said that, but you didn't do nothing. What the fuck? Same thing with friends. I mean, we, we, we're all tired. I mean, I, I look around the room right now. We're all going, yeah, we got that friend who's just like, oh, my life sucks. I don't know what to do. Then what are you going to do to fix it? Well, I want to do this. Then you talk to them later. They're like, mm, what would you do? I didn't do it. Well, then, sorry. Well, and I know me and me, when we were just talking, um, the way my husband was describing it, it goes a lot into what you were talking about, flexing. So, and with knowing your inborn preferences, um, just through natural progression of LB and Brett being married for 20 plus years, 25 plus years, they have identified and learned how to flex. And that's one of the um, uh, assessments when we uh, do the Myers and Briggs assessment is where you're willing to flex, how you're going to flex, and where you have to flex. And so it's very important. It's I think that in this day and age, it's so easy to get a divorce and so easy to be disconnected from that partner that, again, kind of what you were saying, Brett, it's the generation, the, yo the younger generation is just really having a hard time with that stay power, that stick to it, let's do it. Um, and so with knowing the Myers and Briggs and understanding how they were brought up with their parents and understanding what their inborn preferences, again, I can't um, say it enough times, we will help them to get back that inborn preference, which might be not wanting to do things the half-ass way. You know, doing things the way that you work hard, you know, you work hard, you get ahead. That's just the way it is. Bottom line. One thing I want to add that one of the struggles we went through that I know a lot of young people are facing is um, in 2009 when the economy shifted hard, um, you know, a lot of people lost a lot of money. And finances being one of the number one causes of arguments and discussions, um, you people got to find their happiness 
and their 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 limits with yeah within themselves and then within within where they want to be in life because if you want to be at a six digit income and you're set on that and you're coming out of college at 25 26 and all of a sudden the best job is Starbucks barista at $12 an hour you can't lose sight of where you want to be the the new the new high school diploma is is a is a bachelor's degree and not saying that that's going to make you succeed. That may get you in the door. I mean, I don't have a degree. I got five years of college and no degree. I'm one of those guys that can make up his mind. But, but the tenacity that I don't, I don't see the tenacity and the longevity in the attitude of the younger generation. And I think that's why their relationships last six months. They don't know how to go. Okay, stop back. Let's communicate. People that we hire, I get young guys coming to my office all the time, and they're and they're literally they don't know. Um, how to communicate with me because I hit them straight up when they ask stupid questions. I'll tell them that's a stupid question. Mm-hmm. You know, you should know that stuff. And they kind of look at you with those, you know, eyes like, uh, uh, you know, because they're expecting a friend answer. Just on the business end, it's like you, it's hard to have an argument. It's like it, well, I, even today, and I, you know, I have a day job. It's like you want to argue with somebody, and it's like you need to be all nice to you. It's like, no, I have an argument with you, and I think that you did it wrong. But yet it doesn't mean that I hate you. It just means that as a, from a business point of view is that I'm disagreeing with you. And some these younger generation, like you said, and even some of the older ones are like, oh, my God, you're arguing with me. That must be bad. It's like, no, I think you're wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong or tell me why I'm right. They don't want to do that. Uh, I, I do have to break in there and say Cascade Ice. Uh, sugar-free flavor, sparkling water that eliminates all the unnecessary <laughs> extras found in flavor waters like sugar, sodium, carbs, and caffeine, and gluten. No gluten in that. You can find them at www.cascadeicewater.com, their blog. That said, sometimes it's good to walk away from uh, an argument when it's hot, you know, uh, whether it's business or relationships. Sometimes, uh, and we're, we're getting to that, uh, we're going to talk about wine first. So we're gonna after we do wine, we're gonna talk about how do you walk away from when you're just hot and you just need to stop. And it's good in business too. I did that today. I really had an argument with a coworker today that I, I had to sit there and say, I disagree with you. I think we're getting too hot on this. I need to walk away because I don't want to say nothing I'm wrong. But we're gonna talk about the Doyen Gray. Doyen Doyen A A I X. So tell us a little bit about this lovely wine that we're hogging on this side of the table. Well, it's another uh, top 100 wine in the Wine Spectator a few years ago. This is the uh, 2010 Doyen AIX. It is a blend of about 51 Syrah, um, about 47 Cabin, a little bit of Movedra blended in. It's a, kind of a great uh, southern, uh, uh, south of France, Rhone-style red wine. Um, just actually tasting really yummy right now. Yeah, it is. Really good. What makes it uh, French-style? French? What? Well, what? What makes it, what we'd say French style, is the, is the way the blend is put together. The, the grapes that we have in there, Cabernet, Syrah, a little bit of Movedra. That's something you'd find if you were traveling down in the south of France and for the Provence region. It's not something you're going to find in Bordeaux. It's not something you're going to find in Burgundy. Uh, France gets very regional, regionalized in how they craft their wines and what grapes they make them from based by the region they're in, which has something to do with a little bit with the climate. Mm-hmm. Um, Eastern Washington is just very hot, warm, and sunny, so we can grow lots of things over there. And uh, so this is really put together more on, you know, based off of that Provence style, but really in a flavor profile that uh, we think uh, goes very well. Well, and one of the things I want to bring up with wine, too, it's, it's funny, 
the, the culture in the United States is so very different than any other culture in the world where um, we are very stringent and we have all these boundaries and, and we try to classify and throw people in all these different classifications. And when you think about relationships and you think about lifestyle and you think about all these things, everywhere else in the world is very open. Um, so my tie-in to wine is in a relationship, wine is really helpful. <laughs> because it can take you from DEFCON 5 down to 1 <laughs> in about 10 minutes. <laughs> so finding those things that you and your spouse can enjoy or your significant other can enjoy when you're struggling. Um, I can't tell you how many times where I'll walk in the door and my husband will look at me and he'll smile and he goes, Hi, honey. Here's your glass of wine because he knows I'm wound up. Or he'll come around the corner and I'll go, I've got your scotch for you, you know. And it's not to say, you know, are we alcoholics? One would hope not. But um, there are those things in life that do, they, they kind of bring you a connection point. Food, wine, those are things that can bring you together to, to kind of pave the way to sit down and go, okay, we need to have a conversation now. Wine is definitely a great thing that brings people together and does all of those things. Like you said, if you're having a tough day or having a tough time together, but it's also something where one of my favorite things is to ask people when we're with other couples, ask them, say, what is your favorite memory or favorite wine that you've ever had? And invariably, it always comes with an experience, and that experience is being somewhere really special or just being somewhere. Even if it's sitting out in the backyard having a glass of wine, and it's a moment. And I know Greg and I, um, we're out often you know, doing so many wine events, things like tonight, um, or pouring. We go out and pour at a lot of events, tastings, and we're talking to people, and we're talking to people. And one of the things that we like to do after all of that is we will usually come home or we'll stop somewhere. We just have a glass of wine, and we kind of decompress over that and talk about our day and some of the things that have been going on. And that really helps keep us connected. Well, I just I just wanted to say that um, I think a lot of uh, young people that are single and they're looking to be in a long-term relationship, sometimes they limit themselves. And I hear um, especially a lot of, like, single men or single women say, well, I'll never date – I never want to date anybody with kids. Or I'll never date a guy who has a child. Well, and um, anymore, I mean, that's going to be the case, especially as you get a little older. And so many people are in their second, even third time around. I mean – this is Jason's third marriage. This is my second marriage. And when we got together, we each had a child from our previous marriage. So I didn't go into it thinking, you know, when I was first, you know, divorced and I was dating, I wasn't thinking, well, I'm never going to date a guy if he has a kid. I was just like, hey, I, Jason and I started talking, and the conversation came up. Now, I was really scared to let him know that I had a child, but, you know, conversation, you know, went that way, and he was like, hey, you know, do you have kids? And I was like, oh, man, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, or I have a five-year-old daughter. And he's like, oh, well, I have a son. Great, cool. I was like, wow, really? So, I mean, I, yeah, it, it wasn't so bad. And I, I think Honesty, people – Honesty, best um, policy. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, so many people – or, like I said, are in their second and third relationship, and they're going to have kids. And that introduces, this could be a whole other show, stepkids and stepparents. Well, um, <laughs> that is another show. But definitely. that was, okay, but but that was a very, very difficult challenge for us. And, you know, we don't always tell a lot of people this, and some people don't even realize that we have, you know, we each have a child from a previous marriage. That in and of itself is very, very difficult. So, you know, the one thing 
don't limit yourself. I think you're never going to date someone with kids. The other thing is if you do get together, that's something that you have to think strongly about, especially if the kids are just about in their teenagers, because that introduces a whole other dynamic into the relationship. Suddenly, these kids have, you know, you, you can divorce, you know, your, your previous spouse, but you can't divorce, you know, your the relationship your you have to have with the kids from their yeah. previous, you know, parents. Yeah. Um, also, I, I agree with that because you guys are um, interracial couple. Yes. So my fiance is Caucasian as well. I have three teenage kids. He has two um, little children, and so that is a whole different show. But again, mm-hmm. I was a little adamant about mentioning to him that I have three teenage children, um, and so he was adamant because he didn't know that I would. He didn't think I had children and didn't really think that I would like that he had two children. But once that came out, my fear was not even a fear because he opened up. And, you know, the modern family, the 21st century family, is going to be blended and multicultural. Oh, yeah. And so we have to make it work because that is the family of the future. I think a lot of people, they kind of get worried. They're like, oh, you have a child. That means your life is over. It's like, no, there were challenges. I was a single dad. It's like you can no longer go to the bar. Fine, I'll go to the restaurant. So my son, you know, who's now 21, he's got a very refined palate. And Valari, her daughter, you know, who's my daughter, really, who calls me dad, you know, when she travels on business, I want to go out to eat. There's my do- my date. I take Jackie with me, and then we go everywhere. And she's now got a refined palate. And I, when I look at exactly. relationships, people are like, oh, you, you got baggage. You know, F you on the baggage. You know what? This is my life and my family. If you can't accept me and who I've got, then I don't want to be with you. When we, we talked, we were a little nervous because, you know, we're, we're, we're younger than 10 years ago. But now we're like, I look back, I'm like, I, there are some boundaries that you have to draw, you know, and that's right. another show. But yet... It makes our life because we're a family. Now, if you're just looking for those 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 women and men who are just looking to play around, yeah, you know what? Don't even ask a question. Just go play, go do what you need to do, and be done with it. But if you're looking to have a relationship, you need to expect that they might have a child. And that right. child, you're right. not going to be daddy and you're not going to be mommy. You're just that outside person. Maybe five years down the road, you become mommy or daddy. But when you walk in, you're just that other person. And expect to it to be that's like when I when we first dated, we didn't let our kids meet for at least almost almost six months before we said, okay, this is my child, this is your child, and they, they grow. And maybe, in my opinion, maybe that's a good way that if you're that individual that just wants to have a little nookie on the side, don't even bring it to the party. Just well, take it to the side. Is that, again, I mean, that, am I wrong on that? No, I think that you know that factors into, again, are you looking for a long-term relationship? <laughs> are, you know, but are you going to be in a long-term relationship? <laughs> I want a little sugar on the side. <laughs> But no, I think those are some of the fundamentals of a long-term relationship. If you're if you're looking if you are going into your second relationship and you are you think that you want to have a long-term relationship. These are some of the questions now you now you have to put it on fast forward. You know, when you're going into a first relationship as a young person, you, there's all these different preconceived notions and things that we have to get over about what is long term. Absolutely. What is forever? What is till death do us part? Um, I don't, Brett, can you remember that that joke about till death do us yes. part? Okay, tell, th- this is beautiful. So a couple gets married and it's usually till death do you part and then they're on their second marriage and uh, no, excuse me they're, they're renewing their marriage vows and she wrote into the vows in in for eternity we shall be together and he goes whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. Eternity's forever. At death, at least we're apart. You know, there's a there's a breaking point there. So, so wow. When you think of that, <laughs> yeah. that so a lot of people, you know, they, you know, death, death, and and that's you know, I don't know how these psychologists read this, but death, a lot of people, when you're financially dead, people think it's over with. It's done. We can't do this. Right. When you're emotionally dead, when you're when when any type of, of drain comes into a relationship, you got to find a, a way to reboot it. And we were told that joke the other night by somebody, and it really hit home with me because I'm thinking, you know, when you really make this commitment, depending on your religious and your vertical alignment and what you believe, death may not be the end. And, and, and to be totally free, I'm not sure if I'm ready that, for that commitment. <laughs> so so if we're going to talk about death and death of taste buds, you know, I'm drinking the, the signature Syrah. It's just Ooh, yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm into the wine. I'm the segue into the wine. Oh, look at this. So we're going to find out. So what's up with the Syrah? So the Syrah, this is, um, again, from our, our, our uh, uh, south of France line, the Doyenne line that we have. And uh, this has, actually has a little bit of Viognier, co-fermented. The Viognier mm-hmm. is kind of odd when you're at the winery and when we're crushing these grapes, these Syrah grapes that are coming down the the conveyor belt because we hand sort through all the fruit and all of a sudden you see a bunch of white grapes following the red grapes. You right, like, yeah. Somebody, somebody Explain that. Up, you know, but you add a little bit of white wine actually to the red wine. Does uh-huh. a couple of things. It, it kind of gives it a little bit more of an aromatic lift in the nose. Gives it that little bit of that orange peel, a little bit of that flower in the nose. Yeah, yeah. It also helps, believe it or not, the color bind together better in the wine so it doesn't fall out of sediment as it ages. Yes. And so this is kind of a traditional thing they do in the Rhone region of France. Uh, the Doyen Syrah was also uh, listed by Robert Parker as one of the 15 greatest Syrahs in the world when he did his big 20th nice. anniversary uh, tasting a few years back. And um, yeah, I nice. down to the CIA. Fan, but I, she, she was asking me, do you like this one better than the last one? I'm like going, I like them all. I like them both. Around here it's just yum or yuck. You know? And, yeah. You know, and, as long as it's yum. Yeah, right. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, like we always like to say, you know, drink what you like. Don't work, don't get hung up on really on. Even though these wines all get great scores and they get top 100s and they're the best in the world and all of that. But at the end of the day, drink what you like. Right, you know, definitely drink your light. So we're gonna, I'm going to throw in a little bit of a, of a romance thing for those that are couples and all that who don't want to drink a full bottle of wine. Order a half bottle. Some wineries have the half bottle. There's two and a half bottles. I know, I know, for us, but it's good for a picnic. I know. I'm being picked on, folks. Well, well, you know, for me, for me, a half bottle is a 750 mil because a regular bottle is a magnet. I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I that. That's right. I mean, a full bottle. Right, right, Greg. I got it. I mean, the, the amount of the amount of energy you're you're ex- putting out to open a half bottle is the same yeah. as a full bottle. Why would you waste your time? I'm just thinking about the labor it takes to make the half bottle. It's probably the same to make the full bottle. Why waste the energy? <laughs> Oh, what my is, God. Uh, what is Love is Blind, Well, first, Pop Chips. Thanks to the magic of popping, they found a way to put all of the flavor in while keeping fake stuff and at least half the fat of regular chips out. They take the finest natural ingredients, add a little heat and pressure, and pop. It's a chip. You can find them at a grocery store near you or online at www.popchips.com. Now, 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 what is really cool about Pop Chips, and I'm going to pass these around because... Share them with our people out there. Pop Chips, they actually came out with, they had originally the orig- potato chips, 
Then they went into corn chips, and now with Katy Perry, they have the kettle corn chips. So just fun stuff. Gotta love this. Everybody is now chomping on all the pop chips. We've got probably seven flavors here tonight because they're popped. <laughs> they're low fat. They're popped. Now, the other thing that's really great about these chips is if you're looking for dipping chips for parties and stuff, these are fantastic because they don't fall apart like a regular chip. So. They don't get soggy. So there's our little commercial. Okay, we're going to touch base on our – what we've been just kind of going all over the place, which is what happens when you have this many people in, in relationships and wine. Um, but I want to touch base on each one of us typically has something that we feel is important. I'm going to lump sum all the socially acceptable, unacceptable, and hints, so you can pop in with whatever it is you want. If we go through all of them, that's totally cool. I'm going to start off with my socially savvy hint. Um, my socially savvy hint for people who are in long-term relationships and who are struggling with, with a spouse or a significant other who they're always fighting with me. Um, my hint, if I'm fighting with you, then I give a shit. So, otherwise, I'm not going to take the time to mess with you. I'm just going to go, okay, fine, and I'm going to go do what the hell I want and ignore you like you don't exist. So, if I'm willing to fight with you, then I've got a vested interest and you mean something to me. So, don't dismiss a fight as being nothing. Take a look at it and go, okay, they're really, a lot of times the fight is, they're really struggling to communicate with you. And, and sometimes, it's like we have this little thing where... If we're both fired up and things are going down, I'll, the first one to raise their hand and go, I will not be emotionally responsible. We either have to go to our own corners <laughs> or the other person has to step up and go, okay, take a deep breath. What is it you're really trying to say? Oh, and then I'm supposed to tell everybody about hallway sex. <laughs> okay, so yes, yes, my husband started hallway sex. But this is a hint. No, now we Okay, this this is not PG. So I can't. So when I think the first time that we participated in hallway sex was I was running my own company and and, and I uh, I guess the, how do I say this without okay so. Okay. So hallway sex years, so is when, when you walk time? by each other in the hallway, and and the first one goes by, and you look at each other, and you just go, you. And she says, you too, when you're discussing vigorously and having an argument. That's hallway sex. So everything's good. Everybody's happy. You went your ways, and you got a little bit of, I got what you wanted passing by. So, and it usually calms over to when you, you know, but that's when you can converse vigorously yes. with profanity as you walk by each other because you're not ready to communicate. <laughs> the other way, yes. I, I like that. When you're, so, when you're not willing to communicate any other way, you're right. You guys all seem to be very passionate and very aggressive yes. all at yes. the same yes. time. Oh, yes. oh <laughs> and, and so nowadays when that happens, because we don't really have a hallway in our house, we have a big loop. I says, you want to go, as you want to go another round? <laughs> Just walk around the loop and... But but it as you when you really think about that from a from a psychological point of view is is it's getting that downtime and we joke about it now because I'll just say hey this can turn into a hallway sex night or not it's up to you either way you either communicate or you don't. Hey, well I'm gonna I'm gonna take something on the complete flip of that because I don't. 
think that those words are nice to say to your spouse. So <laughs> we don't do that. They typically, just, they typically aren't. But I think when you're struggling, and I, I want to say this, because you make a really good point. A lot of times you don't want to bring profanity and stuff into your relationship. Yes, I meant how it's said, but out of respect, I think that that's just no, not it's a good, that we do. Um, and, and and this is one of the things I want to that I think you make a really good point. And we work we've worked very hard to come from the point where we don't use as much of that. And it does it helps a lot when you start pulling profanities out of your aggressive communication. Um, it does it keeps things dialed down a little bit more. Uh, he just has a very unique way of making everything humorous. <laughs> I, I think. F word a lot. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Josh, Josh can attest to this. Stacy can probably. But, oh yeah. But, it, but I, ne I try never ever to say it to another human being like that. Yeah. Because the, the thing that I say is when, when I when I say that it it's you know when I worked and had my own business and worked in construction and ran hard and fast and when you're working 80 and you come home and you're there for two hours. And the biggest thing on her plate is I didn't come in the house and wasn't nice right off the back. You, you, you're, you, I go to guns fast. And even today, you know, I'm probably Dude, the last. I am right there with you. Yeah. And because so, in this business, when I get home, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to hear you your don't want problem. To hear it. You don't want to hear it. No. You know, and some, but, but, you know, we, 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 got, we got to the point where she would look at me and she'd go, mm-mm. Go back outside, come back in. And I was like, and eventually I, I, I grew, and this is where I think with the relationships, I think most of the males nowadays, they need to just grab their sack and buck up and say yes to her once in a while. Because there's logic and there's emotion. And sometimes emotion doesn't have any logic. And it does. And, and so, wait, wait, wait. I have logic. You just said that this doesn't I said sometimes. <laughs> But, but I'm no expert on relationships because I've been single for 18 years. Well, wait a minute, though, that might be a great decision, I'm just saying. You bring up a good point. When you guys get back from work, don't get in my grill, to use vernacular right now. For that matter, one of the things like I've been doing this last year and a half, and it takes adjustment. we got teenagers. I make dinner. I actually do the dishes. You know, and guys are like, well, that's and not my job. And, you know, and, and, and I do. Yeah, my husband does you know, it all the time. And you'll find that, that, that when you have teenage boys that are, you know, I don't even know how to describe my kids. Teenage boys. Yeah, teenage boys. You know, because I, I, I'll admit, I grew up fast. I was forced to grow up fast. I worked hard and, and stuff. And these kids, you try to give them a better life. And I tell them, you know. Don't tend Yeah, when your mom comes home, you just do it. But I try to serve her so she can make things happen as she did me when it was, when it was just me. Well, it's interesting because I know every man in this room, have, you, you guys are the ones, you'll do the dishes, you'll, you'll do laundry, you'll cook food. You have to um, work together. And you do. You have to work. And, and I think that when you're talking about from a male's perspective. <laughs> you make reservations. Who orders I, I, out? I, I, yeah. Yeah, he orders out. Yeah. Make I, reservations. I, who will cook. I don't cook. I don't, I don't cook either. <laughs> You know what? But I do cook, so it works. Well, one thing, I, one thing I will. Jason actually cooks for us sometimes. <laughs> one, one thing I will say is, is I probably do most of the cooking in our house, and I fold the laundry, and I do most of the dishes and things like that. But that's because we work as a team, and she right. actually yeah. she's better 
at a lot of the other detail oriented things. Like she does all of our kids, the schedules, the schooling. Yeah. We've just been going through the, the financial aid and all that stuff. And she, she's she's better at that. So yep. she does that. So I cook and I, I fold the laundry and I do those other things. So she does the things that she does well. You know, and we, we recognize, look, you know, you know, I may be better at this than you, you know, and, and I may be better at this than you. And so we will, we, we kind of recognize our roles, and so we work better together that way. What? What? Roles. 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 I want to make a point. I think um, you bring up a really good point, Greg, is you recognize your roles. Roles are, and she's saying flexing, um, we have this predetermined idea of what the roles in a relationship are because of the beavers. And the reality of in a in the TV, yeah. <laughs> the cleavers? I just say it myself. <laughs> you mean the cleavers? Cleavers. The cleavers. I'm thinking beaver cleaver. <laughs> no, stop. Okay, the cleavers. The beaver cleaver. I think beaver cleaver. Well, today it's the Beavers. The Beavers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's the sad part is everybody yeah, knows what I meant. Yeah. June <laughs> 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 Beaver. None of us are. Okay, you two have a little camaraderie here going on. It's scaring me. Okay. But um, I, I really... I I think it's really important to, to address what you were saying, Greg, that the roles um, within each relationship, your roles are going to be different, and that's where you need to communicate because I can cook, and when I cook, I can cook fantastically, but I don't cook all that often. Um, my big thing, the joke in our family, was I don't clean to save my life. And it's not that when I do clean, I do a really, really good job, but I get very, very frustrated um, because the detail orientation that I want from a clean house I don't have the patience for. So we struggled with that within our relationship for a long time, and I kept telling them, just let me go back to work, and I'll hire somebody. And it took a few years, and he's like, you weren't kidding, were you? I was slow. <laughs> that was the solution. <laughs> but but here, what, one of the points I want to make is when, when a significant other expresses something that they struggle with, um, listen, because sometimes it's not, you know, you can use humor to, to say it, but recognizing if you're not good at something and they're not good at something, find be solution-based. Find a way to make it work. And for us, being solution-based meant if I go work for four hours, I can hire somebody to clean my house for eight hours, and I'm going to have a good time working four hours, and they're totally happy working the eight. That's a win-win situation. Well, and it's not even that people aren't good at something. It's just we live in a really busy world. And yeah. so, you know, we've got a pretty capable household, but we do know, we, we know, we pick up, we do, we all do everything, but some more than others. Like Greg yeah. said, he probably cooks more than I do, but yeah. we're not home. We're, we're lucky if we're home two nights a week. You know, yeah, cooking, exactly. So we're not home a lot. But Greg always says to me, one of the things that I'm really good at is I'm really good at hiring people. Oh, I love that. And I love that. It's really just being, and that's being a manager. It's like I'm my own house manager. I got it all. I can I can hire people. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, recognizing when you're when you're in a committed relationship and you want to make it work, you've number one, you've got to be able to laugh a lot. My husband will say that over and over again. He makes me laugh. I, our family laughs more um, in a day than I, I think some people laugh in a week. And 
to some degree that makes me kind of sad, but I also realize that that's been a big, huge part of why we've made it together for 27 years um, because at some point, at the end of the day, you've got to look in the mirror and go, you know, this has got to be funny to somebody. This is, you know, it can't be all depression and sadness, so. I think a lot of it, when we talk about what's socially acceptable, uh, John Taff, he runs the bar rescue, he runs all these uh, these bars and he fixes things, you know, he goes, I don't embrace excuses, I embrace solutions. And when Valar and I, we talk about things, we have our bit session, don't get me wrong, we got to get it out, we got to like, ah, blah, 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 okay, now what are we going to do about it? And it's honest, and it's hard, and, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's like it's, sometimes it's hard to try to find a solution that we know what's wrong, but we, we get away from the excuses to how do we find a solution. And when the solution is found, when we finally got past the what about this, that, 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 and we bitch, and we yell and scream, and we're like, oh, if you, or I walk around the town. When you get done to it and we find the solution, we're like, you know what, that's going to rock. And when, at the end of the day, we're like, yeah, this rocks for us. Those that are young and even those that are old, it's like sometimes you you have to be humble and you have to find a solution. Don't blame the excuse. Everybody has an excuse. It's like that old, you know, excuses like an asshole. Everybody's got one. No, we want to. It's right back to responsibility and accountability, yes. and everybody has to oh, take it. And so yes. isn't it great if you can teach your kids then to come up mm -hmm. with solutions because that's 100%. how it goes in the real world. Uh, I know these guys are doing really good, too. Well, with that the whole way is don't don't tell me why I always say don't tell me why you can't we got the moon in the back we can figure this out tell me how we're gonna there's always a way you know around over under or through something I've been hearing that since I was 18 years old wow <laughs> oh always there's always a way around over or through something yeah so, Valari, you have a uh, hint or a favorite? Yes, I do, and it's funny because I just thought of it while you guys were talking. But I think um, the reason why so many people in a relationship, um, they they don't uh, bring things up, um, they aren't honest and open, and a lot of it is because of fear. So one of my biggest things is is to just stop being afraid. Just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to be honest and open. I mean, there's so many times where even inside myself, or I've just verbalized. I said, Jason, I want to tell you this, but I'm afraid you're going to be upset, or I'm afraid you're going to yell at me, or I'm afraid. And I just verbalize that fear. Actually, you know, that's a really good point. I tell him that. I say what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm afraid. I don't want to bring this up because I'm afraid you're going to blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, well, just say it. But just... Even verbalizing it has that fact. Even even verbalizing that fact that I'm afraid that he's going to that made me feel better. Just being able to get that out. So that's my socially savvy tip: is just stop being afraid. Because once you get over that fear, then you're able to verbalize what you can say. You're able to be more honest and open. Well, and I think you could bring up a great point too. Um, <clears throat> verbalizing that you're afraid of something. If you, as a significant other, hear somebody say, you know. I've really been, I've been hesitant to say this, um, saying that you're afraid of it. That really can take the, the deflation of an argument out right off the bat. You may say something that's going to be completely offensive to that other person, but when you hear those words, I've been afraid to talk to you about this, or I've really hesitated, that's when, as a significant other or somebody in a long-term relationship, that's where you really need to dial it in and go, you know, this is somebody who's reaching out to me. I need to just shut up and really listen. Um, the thing about communication is it's 
verbal communication is one thing. Our, our physical attributes of how we communicate with our body language and our feelings, sometimes it's very hard for us to articulate those two things and bring them together. So in a long-term relationship, you've really got to focus on trying to read what is going on with them. If they're afraid of something, then you really need to step up and go, you know, it's okay, take a deep breath, now just tell me. Yeah, but I, I think being afraid is really the root of what, what causes so, mi so, so much miscommunication in the first place, right? I'm, a, I'm afraid to tell you something, so I'm going to keep that a secret, right? I'm an afraid to, I'm an afraid, I'm afraid of what your reaction is going to be, so I'm going to hold back and, and not say anything, and I'm going to keep it inside, and then I'm going to completely act out in a completely different way later. So I think the root of that is just fear, and if we can verbalize our fear, and, and, and try to, um, you know, express what the issue is up front and tell them that we're afraid, then I think that will resolve things a lot quicker instead of letting it fester. I love that one. Greg, what about you? Do you have a socially savvy hint or a socially acceptable? Treat your partner the way you want to be treated back. You know, that one's pretty simple. Ooh, that's straightforward. That's yeah. not a hint. That's out. You know, I, and the other thing, you know, somebody once told me a long time ago, and, and it's really, it's hard to do, and my wife can probably attest that, yeah, you don't do a very good job of this, but if you, you know, if you, if you put your partner kind of above you, always put them on the pedestal, always make it all about them, they will eventually, they can't help but do the same thing back. Yeah. You know, they, you know, the, uh, eventually they're going to be guilty to do it, you know. So, <laughs> but if you just keep putting them up there, putting them up there, putting them up there, putting them up there, you know, hope, hopefully they hopefully they'll reciprocate. Versus being just so nice to me, I got to do the same thing back. You know. That That's actually. That actually comes up in the um, five love languages, and they talk about that if you serve somebody at their level, they're eventually going to have to reciprocate because they've been fed, they've been fulfilled. And then my third one, probably just from a guy standpoint, from a business standpoint, you know, if you're in a relationship and if it's working pretty good, um, trust me, it's cheaper to keep her. Isn't it funny? Actually, actually. On that note, uh, uh, an acquaintance of ours here just about a week ago said, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, but you still have to mow the lawn. <laughs> so, or, or the same thing is all grass has its brown spots. Yes. yes. And, and I've done a lot of horseback riding in the mountains and go, looked across the valley, and you get over there and you start looking back and you start going, that's so true. Yeah. It's so true. It's It's the same stuff. Okay, so who else has a, a socially unacceptable? A, a relationship hint. I'm just going to give a, a blatant hint. It's acceptable. It's not related around. You're just going to the point. I'm just going to the point on something. Something, that, something that came to my mind. Wow, in a dream? No. You're awake. In, a, in the spur moment. Okay. No. <laughs> so, so. The one thing that, that, that I think, a common denominator I hear that, that through the show is the one thing that I think that guys need to really do is learn your spouse. Understand yes. understand that, that, that women want to be cared for. They want to have recognition. Yes. They don't want to stay at home barefoot and make kids. They want to do something in society. And when you recognize that, then you can, then you can support them. But if you don't recognize that first... And this is mostly for those, like I said, I keep going back to those 25 to 35s. If you don't recognize that first, you have no idea how to serve them when they get there. So, like, Greg actually made me, you know, I was thinking of that. When he, you, you've got to serve them. you got to, when they're there and they want to, they want to grow, they are, women are ten times more tenacious than men are. 
not. And yeah. in today's society, most definitely not. So if they if they believe in equal rights, if they want to prosper and go, support them. I'm, I'm hoping LB just takes off and goes, great, I'd love to fish and hunt and take vacation. Along that line. Um, <laughs> no, no, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think um, recycle the marriage. Mm-hmm. I think that, or the relationship, your life partner. Again, it goes back to what we had mentioned before, LB and I. You know, it's really important to really, before you had anything, before the relationship, you had each other. So yeah. really focus on... House, children, cars, exactly with each other. Focusing on making the time to spend together. And women especially, don't feel guilty for putting yourself first. I think it's important oh, no, for us totally to put ourselves that. first because before everything came along, it was the couple. It was the, the partnership. So I, I just feel like, I mean, that's where I could have learned from my last marriage. Uh, however, I'm moving into a, a, another marriage next month. We're getting married. So and I think excited. It's Congratulations. Very, thank you. <laughs> I think it's very important, too. Um, and, and we do make time for each other. Okay, so I have to say, um, I met with you last week for lunch, and uh, we were had our little thing, and she's texting, and it's so cute, because when, you know, when you're at lunch, and all the rules of cell phones and stuff, and we look at each other, it's okay, and we're like, yeah, we gave each other permission. We gave each other permission. So she texts, and she goes, oh, it's him. He, he just was wondering where I was. He's going to be down at Joey's. So we're having, you know, we move on with our conversation for today's show, and he pops in. Yes. And he was very polite. He was only there for a few minutes, yes. but it was... This is one of those little nuances that I think a lot of people forget. If if it comes across your mind for a fraction of a moment Absolutely. to stop by, to pick up the phone, to send a text to um, Brett. Terms of endearment. Terms of, yes, Brett has the one who's yep. taught me, you know, he'll go, he, he, he has a great phrase, and I think for a, a relationship when you're struggling, this is perfect. He looks at his phone, and he'll pull up the text messages, and he'll pull up phone calls. And he goes, if you've fallen off my screen, that's when I call or reach out to you. Yep. So you're talking 8 to 12 communications with somebody. And if your spouse or significant other, that person that you hold the most dear in your life, is not in one of those communications, it is now time to reach out to them. And um, I agree. I'm with Greg and Stacy. I work with my partner. We run a couple businesses together. We have Make It a Great Day. And you know what? It is the best because we love to be able to communicate. You can never over-communicate with your partner. Never. No. And, and I think recognizing to Well, well. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're live. I would say I would say it's not I th- I would say it's not over communicating because there are moments like Brett will tell you um, he wakes up between 4:30 he's no I'm sorry let me amend he's at work between 4:30 and 6:30 in the morning I, I number one you don't even want to don't look at me don't talk to me don't breathe on me don't I don't even want to know that you've turned the light on um, eight to ten o'clock is when if it's an emergency I will talk to you after ten o'clock we can have a civil conversation. Um, I'm not a morning person, but he'll do, 
<laughs> no, no puppy. But he'll do these little things, and, and at first he would send me the message at 6, at 7, at 8, at 9. Now if he doesn't hear from me at 11 o'clock, he'll go, are you okay? Yes. You know? But recognizing yes. where yes. where your people are, because you make a good point, because sometimes communication is not a time for – recognizing the time for communication. Yes. Well, the other thing you have to remember is that um, I think women say, what, 10,000 words in a day, and men say like – Four words? Two thousand, three thousand, and sometimes when Greg gets home, he claims he's said all of his words. So, I like I that. Oh, that is class. fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm done. To go back to the golden rule, which is treating Stacy the way he would like to be treated, so he listens to her. Yes. And then we flex. You got it. <laughs> and I don't talk to her. Yes. 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 We communicate differently. Yes. So I want to say that my socially acceptable is. It's acceptable to disagree and say what you feel, even if it might hurt their feelings. And this goes back to what Valari was saying. But, and I want to preface this, it's in the delivery. Um, I get really frustrated. I'm emotional. And he'll tell you. Um, you want to be kind and you want to be to the point. And this is where, this is where you, in, in communicating, sometimes you have to step back and you have to go, okay, I will write things down on a piece of paper, and I will come in, and I will say, I need you to sit down, and, and he'll go, oh, boy. But it's, for me, I have to know, I have to be able to say it to get through it. So, for instance, one of the things that I put down, and a lot of women struggle with this, um, I don't like it when you tease me about my fat. I know you're trying to be funny, but it's not funny even to me when you're trying to laugh with me about this. Those are difficult things sometimes to say. Um, I use that as, a, as an example because he thinks it's funny and I don't think it's so funny. But um, have the courage to throw those things out there. But like you were saying earlier, Valari, say, you know, I'm, I liked what you said about saying I'm really kind of nervous to talk to you about this or I'm afraid that you're not going to take this the right way. I need you to hear me. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it all comes down to being – Trying to get over that fear of, you know, being able to communicate with, with that person because you're with, you know, if you really want to be with that person for the long haul, I mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense to keep things bottled up. And I guess the other un, socially unsavvy tip that I have that kind of goes along with this is, and I think Jason mentioned this earlier, is that please don't make your, if you have a problem or an issue with your spouse, please don't make your spouse the last person to know about it. Oh, my God. oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, you know, if I have an issue with Jason or if I have a problem, you know, I know that people have their best friends and the people they confide in, but, and this is a personal thing for me. I don't, I don't, you know, even though I have people that I'm close to, I, I don't, even like my closest, closest friend, I don't really talk to them about personal stuff. If I've got, if you know, Jason doesn't know about it, I'm not going to go around and tell everybody else about it. I'm mean, going to talk to Jason. Yeah, I talk to him about it. We resolve it, whatever. I mean, a passive-aggressive thing does not work with relationships. You talk to that the spouse, you, you resolve it, and you air it out because, I mean, that, that just causes all kinds of issues. Kinds of issues. I'm going to say this out loud. Passive-aggressive is for pussies. Okay, if, if you are in a long-term relationship, you cannot afford to be passive-aggressive. You need to put that in the closet. You need to buck up and put your big girl pants on and big boy pants on and learn how to communicate. Yeah, I'm done. So we're out here in Winville. The sun has come down. we got a beautiful night. Uh, we've talked about relationships and life and madness and everything else. Elby, how are you, how you doing? 
I'm fantastic. Yeah, your spouse is here, and they haven't we, made we any. We had all of our spouses here. We don't have your dirty secrets yet. Damn no, it. No, I don't have We've got to work secrets. on it. Jules, do you know any? Jules, do you know any secrets? Anything? No. Uh, we're not, not going to. That's a different show. That's a different show. No. Doesn't tell them. Uh oh. That's a different show. And unfortunately, because of tef- technical difficulties, we had about a half an hour of delay, so it's we're not able to get through everything yeah. we were hoping to, which just means we'll have to do a second. Um, long-term relationship show where we can kind of delve into some of these things a little bit better, and I'll make sure that I have new equipment that's not going to fail in the last minute. <clears throat> but um, we want to thank our sponsors for tonight's show, DeLil Sellers, Poshy Magazine, Bellevue Nordstrom Cosmetics, Schwartz Brothers Restaurants, Kind Bars, Pop Chips, O Wines, Wink, Kate Somerville, Seattle Wine Exchange. Um, we also want to thank our very special guests, Greg and Stacy Lill of DeLil Sellers, yeah. for hosting here tonight. Thank you, thank you. Um, also for bringing, you know, such a, a very unique, I, I think you guys actually show um, what I would consider an extreme side of trying to um, survive in a relationship, not just a long-term relationship, yes, but one that works you. together all the time. Uh, a lot of people don't have that day in and day out, 24-7. <laughs> um, so we want to thank you. Um, also want to um, say a special thanks to Miyumi of Make It a Great Date for bringing... And, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Of course, seen and heard live. We have our guy here behind the camera. I wish I could get a picture of Josh right now. Uh, and, and I Thank have you. to give, I say we can. Yes, we can. And, and we have to give you a special thank, thank you. you for trying to help us with the technical difficulties tonight. Um, however, it didn't kind of come the way we wanted, but life is like that it way. It works, though. We had a and, great time, though. And this is one of the things that I want to end the show with is life is complicated. In the show, we have our primary plan. We have a backup plan. We have several backups. On, and, of Very course, true. tonight, Very none true. of them worked. <laughs> but uh, be be prepared for the unforeseen. Yep. Be compassionate in your approach. And look to the people that you love. Don't forget where they are. Yep. Um, ending this show tonight, we're going to be taking our choice of um, Delil beverages here. The carriage house, yes. We're in front of purple. Thank we're in you front very of purple. Much. We're in front of purple. So come out. It's how you align your brands, you know. Hello. We're open seven days a week. It's different each day. Noon to five and then till seven on Friday. We want to remind you all to like us on our Facebook pages, Socially Savvy, to be entered into our drawings for prizes every month and from our savvy sponsors. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make every social event that you attend better because you were there, and everyone have a Socially Savvy week. Cheers. Okay, we're going to get a great shot of everybody.